Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, and all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities, and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday, and enjoy the talk. Welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for July 14th, 2019. Koyo Kobose here. So very, very glad you joined us this morning. Well, <laughs> you know, every morning I, I guess we all have our morning rituals, whether it's uh, uh, personal hygiene, uh, going into the kitchen or getting the paper or doing exercise, you know, and uh, part of mine is, well, I water plants, and, uh, and I do have a vegetable garden. Uh, <clears throat> we have a nice piece of wooded property here and a lot of room to grow things. And, and when you fertilize or, if you know, and you read the instructions or you read a, a gardening tips and so forth. They say things like, um, for, uh, with regard to fertilizing, just just a little bit more frequently is better than a lot at one time. Now, let's uh, try to apply that to your spirituality or to other human endeavors like, um, you know, uh, two factors, say, in establishing a habit, uh, you need some kind of continuity and you need some intensity. Okay, so frequency and intensity. Okay, how often and what is the magnitude of each time? Um, <clears throat> now, let's say you're talking about exercise, uh, they'll say, hey, daily exercise is good. Um, how about running a marathon? How about 
you know, and you only run one marathon a year, uh, and that's all you do, okay, if you could do it. <laughs> um, but doing a little bit of stretching and everything every day is good for your health, okay? And if you think a little bit's good, then maybe a lot is better. Not always, okay? How about brushing your teeth? You got to do it every day. But you don't have to do get a thorough cleaning just once in a while for yourself, okay? Uh, it's better. Uh, I think so, in other words, I, I remember there was one analogy of a telephone line okay, connecting people and, you know, means of communication. Uh, and the telephone line itself is the continuity. It stretches, okay? But the telephone poles hold the line up, okay, sort of like peaks, okay? And uh, spirituality and growth, uh, it's nice to have peak experiences, nothing wrong with that. Going to a special retreat or really, you know, pushing yourself on a, on some kind of a retreat or something. Uh, but plateau, peaks and plateau. Plateau is um, the continuity. Okay. In other words, um, <clears throat> uh, if you, pr- one model is the peaks you got a baseline, your everyday spirituality, the kind of growth you're doing. Then you go to a special weekend retreat and you really, you know, push yourself and that's a peak. Okay. Then you do several of those over time, over the year or whatever. And each time maybe you, you don't go after the peak, you don't go back down to your original baseline. In other words, you're you're building up a higher and higher plateau as a result of these peak experiences. Now, you know, that, that's just one elaboration on a possible model. And I think there's something about um, mind-body interaction here. Because if you do uh, spiritual uh, growth, awareness, mindfulness, uh, some kind of ritual every day, uh, you don't have to really think too much about, oh, is this re- did I did I really benefit from this? Huh? Uh, because I think there is a very fundamental law of effort when we talk about human psychology, you know, other things being equal. If you put in a lot of effort, you're going to value what you're doing. You know, if you work hard and you say, hey, I really, I really, you know, if you work hard and say, and then you, in order to buy something, okay, a car or TV or, you know, something like that, and they say, wow, I really, I really value this TV because it costs this much and I had to save and, okay, as opposed to somebody, you're real rich and you could get those all the time or somebody just gives it to you. You get a, you know, easily. So there's a lot of effort. You got to put the the effort in. And it doesn't have to be necessarily intense, high magnitude, although nothing wrong with, you know, no pain, no gain type thing. 
Sometimes they say, hey, you just got to show up. <laughs> well, as a basic thing, you know, yeah, your presence is important, not just what you do, okay, and how you do it, okay. So I was thinking about this when I was watering plants, because if you, you can't water too, you you don't want to water too much for the health of the plant, okay. So you don't want to get obsessed necessarily with anything, okay. Now this is a tricky thing. You might relate it to teaching a non-attachment and things like that. So, oh, am I supposed to not care about things? Am I not supposed to be really concerned and really jump into things with both feet and so forth? Uh, the way I sort of, what helps me is if I think of self-victimization. You know, if you love ice cream, well, I, I, am I I'm not a good Buddhist if, you know, I'm always thinking about ice cream for dessert? <laughs> well, you know, are you are you victimized by it by something? Okay, when is a you know when is a effort, commitment, and so forth that's that's important. Okay, when is it too much? Well, we're not talking about other people. We're not talking about in general. You got to have some kind of self reflection. Self-introspection, that's very important in terms of the Buddhist way. Okay? Not a dogmatic format or, or formula. Okay? You have to do it in your own life, and life is a mysterious thing. You know, life's not a problem to be solved necessarily. It's a mystery to be lived sometimes. <laughs> I just get carried away. Well, I'm going to introduce today's guest. To give us a Dharma glimpse, this is Patty Cayo, and she was part of our LM4 group. Right now, we're on our LM12 group, and uh, Patty Cayo and her and her husband Doug went through the program together. Kind of nice. We've had oh, I don't know how many, three, four couples that went through the program together. That's beautiful, huh? And. Um, uh, she and her husband uh, live in, uh, they retired and living in, uh, they used to live in uh, Southern California and they're now in the Pacific Northwest. So let's hear from Patty Cayo. Hello, everyone. I read a quote the other day from Albert Einstein that said, look deep into nature and then you will understand everything better. Every year at our house on Whitby Island in Washington State, the mallard ducks raise a couple of broods in our pond. We've become familiar with the mating behaviors of the couple and how the male stays with the female until she hatches her duckling, but then she's on her own with the babies. When the ducklings hatch, we are lucky enough to witness their first swim. They're so excited to be here. You can see it in their body language. It's delightful to watch, and we feel lucky to have the time and opportunity to take it all in. For many years, we had a problem with the ducklings swimming too close to the open outflow drain in the pond and falling unhurt but trapped in the pipe below. We first caught on when we heard Mama Duck quacking hysterically and running in circles near the drain. We thought she could use some help. So my husband, Doug Cuyo, 
employed many methods to free them, including lifting the access cover, climbing down into the drain, and catching the little guys by hand and returning them to mom, apparently no worse for wear. After three or four of these episodes, we had the idea to buy a barbecue grill and place it on top of the drain hole so the water, but not the babies, could go down. That system worked well for a few years until a beaver started entering the pond by climbing up the pipe and knocking the grate off. Well, the city eventually put a very heavy cast iron grating on top of the outflow and that took care of the duckling problem. Sorry, beaver, but he found another way in and that's another story. We're always showing away cats and coyotes we notice circling the pond and stalking the tiny ducklings. Unfortunately, there are always fewer babies in our morning duckling count and we assume that something from the woods is getting them during the night. Well, this morning we saw a blue heron stalking around the pond with something hanging in its bill. We got out the binoculars to get a closer look and saw that it was a dead baby duckling, just like that. For the previous four years, we've had a heron rookery of about 13 heron nests that we could see outside our kitchen window. We were delighted at first until we realized that when the time was right, eagles would show up and go from tree to tree, nest to nest, eating the heron eggs and young. Although the heron are large birds, they only weigh a few pounds and are no match for an eagle. The heron's blood-curdling screeching sounded like something out of Jurassic Park. Apparently, nothing dies in nature, everything is killed, and everything eats. It would be nice if all this exposure to the circle of life literally in my face every day would help me see and accept the reality of impermanence. We Westerners grow up with sheer denial of death or the promise of going to heaven, which I think is another form of denial. Even our Pollyanna-ish approach to the nature around us was a refusal to accept reality. We preferred the Walt Disney version. I'm reminding of all the planning, care, and effort we go into making a home and raising our children. Nurturing life takes up the bulk of our lives. We give 100% no matter the outcome, just like these mallard parents. By looking at these nature lessons deeply, I'm facing impermanence daily, and not in a morose way, but as a reality. And with impermanence always in mind, the present is a little more precious. My current code phrase is, accept and keep going. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm just jotting down a note. Accept and keep going. You know, uh, spiritual acceptance is a very important aspect of spiritual growth, uh, life in general. And sometimes when we talk about acceptance, so why uh, something happens that you don't care for, but uh, that's reality. So we say, oh, you got to, you know, can't help it. You got to accept it. Okay. So that kind of, a, if that's the only meaning or connotation of acceptance, uh, we don't particularly care for that because, oh, it, it sort of signals defeat or resignation. Uh, Some say, well, I don't want it to be this way, but uh, <coughs> I have to accept it. Okay. Uh, so what does spiritual acceptance mean versus the typical meaning 
of acceptance. Well, uh, if you, there's a word in Japanese called shigataganai, which means can't help it. Uh, uh, you could think about a lot of things like this in daily life or in, in as historical events. Uh, for example, Japanese American people were, were put into camps, or we see what's going on in the uh, uh, southern border, uh, immigration things. And supposing some of those people, they have to flee South America and they're coming and then they're treated in a certain way. You know, these immigrants might say, might say well, Shikataganai uh, in the sense of, well, World War II happened and we got put into internment camps. Okay? You know, we're citizens. Okay? It's a great wrong. And constitutionally, redress happened and, you know, uh, apologies were given from the President of the United States to the Japanese American people. War hysteria, local economic situations, they all contributed to uh, political things happening. Now, Shikatik and I, when we were young youngsters and we heard our you know, elders use that term, well, got put in a camp, you can't do anything about it. Or there's some, you know, don't you want to fight? And uh, what about social issues and everything? This is, you know, there's uh, all kind of aspects to this. Uh, but one way of looking at the meaning of something like Shigatakanai or, well, can't help it. We got to accept this. Okay. Uh, I, w- I sure wish I was uh, <laughs> six inches taller. I could, then I would have been in the, a com- really good basketball player. Uh, but I'm short. So, well, can't help it. You got to accept your shortness. And when you say keep going, it means be the best you can be with what you are instead of living your life with uh, regret and self-victimizing yourself saying, oh, what if, only if. Uh-huh. So in that kind of acceptance, there is already built in a keep going. Uh, because it frees you up. Okay? Uh, there's liberation there. Acceptance means liberation. <laughs> Do you know that you could, uh, in a way, defeat death? Now, you know, uh, Bernie Siegel wrote a book, I think, called uh, <clears throat> something about miracles and health problems, and in his work, uh, he wanted to help people, terminal patients, die with peace of mind, dignity, okay, and he, and he said something like, uh, I could help you uh, win a certain kind of war, but you don't want to enter a war that you cannot possibly win, that's not the kind of, you know, I can't offer you help so that you'll live forever, that you won't die. But I can help you to die with dignity as a means of spiritual growth right there and orient yourself, your awareness and mindfulness in terms of 
your own peace of mind, what kind of lesson or example, role model you could be for family around you, and all kind of things like this. Okay. But the reason I mention this is if someone said, uh, <clears throat> you know, contrary to his particular spin on it, said, well, don't fight a war, you can't win. Okay. You cannot avoid death. Maybe even a stronger Buddhist question might be, or statement, declaration might be, uh, uh, I could show you how to defeat death. Okay. Now, religion, this is, this is an area of philosophy and religion. Okay. Nobody wants to die. We're all scared. I'm worried. And if someone says, or some system says, hey, I'll show you how you could defeat death, get complete liberation, spiritual liberation. Well, how do you do this? How do you do this? I think the Buddhist answer is to completely accept death. Oh, you know, see, we, you, 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 transferred from the relative realm to the absolute realm. The relative realm is where you got to win, lose, life, death. Okay. But when you completely accept something, when you become one with something, uh, this is, a, this is a absolute. I mean, no comparisons, no judgments about which, or, you know, what is better than this and so forth. Uh, this is a, well, I won't want to say tricky, but you know, uh, philosophically or even psycho- the psychology of it, of human life, uh, uh, that, uh, or matter of perspective, okay, and the context. This is what the, the whole meaning and struggle in life is all about, clarifying these things for oneself as things, as you bump up against things right around the corner. We don't know what's around the corner, what's going to happen, you know. We want to be, we want to be skilled and have a lot of good tools in our spiritual toolkit. Okay? Now, acceptance is one of them, and it's not something that you could just say, oh, acceptance is good, okay. okay. Or you say, well, well spiritual virtues like uh uh, you know, humility. Oh, I see this very, very humble person and everything. Oh, I, I, that's good. And I know every, you know, they say humility is good. Be humble and everything. So I want to be like that. And the reason it's tricky, and put it in a humorous way. Supposing you 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 admire and you desire the spiritual virtue of humility. Uh, maybe this is an example of you can't have your cake and eat it too because when you make the switch from relative to absolute, you cannot come, you cannot say, declare, hey, I am humble. I made it. I wanted this virtue and I went out and I got it for myself. That's self-contradictory. Does an enlightened person know he's enlightened? Enlightened? Enlightenment? Any, you know, uh, this is the crux. Sometimes my father used to say, uh, using the word acceptance, accept slash transcend. 
And it's not that by accepting you can transcend your problems. That acceptance is the transcendence. You know? Uh, that's why you put a slash there, meaning like same thing with all these many kinds of opposites. You don't say verses or you don't put a dash between them, but maybe a, maybe a slash is better because then it shows you these are two parts of a bigger whole. A coin has two sides. Sometimes you can only see one side at a time. But a coin has two sides. You know we can only see one at, at a time, at any given time. So we have to live with what's right in front of us with a certain kind of perspective, certain kind of context. You've got to understand this. And in fact, some people... From my experience in education and psychology, they say that this is the hallmark of, this is not in a religious context at all. I've been to seminars uh, uh, on creative problem solving or how to make, uh, you know, how to, how to improve higher education and so forth. I remember one speaker said something like, uh, uh, if you ever hear a scientist talk about something, you know, like what's my line, you know, that TV show, they have to. Who is the scientist? You know, and they, they got some shills in there, some pretenders, and you got the real scientist. So you got to ask them, ask these people questions. The panel ask questions, try to figure out who is the re- true scientist. Okay. And I remember one time, this person, uh, one of the panel members, guessed the right person. She said, "Well, how did you know?" She says, "Well, the way he answered questions, he was never very sure." He said, well, could be, or sometimes, or or it depends. Isn't that interesting? Even in science, even in a hard science like physics or, you know, uh, so-called hard sciences, we don't know that much. We can't brag. We can't, say, you know, say, this is it. This is how it is. Okay. Even physical laws depend. Okay. So what are we going to accept? Because the, the naive college freshman attitude is, well, I want to learn all the, I want to learn the truth. Okay. And the truth in science might be cer- certain laws. Okay. And of course, within a certain context, formulas, equations, and rules of thumb, and these kinds of things work, are helpful. Uh, but when you come up against a problem that, where the old formulas, the old ways don't function satisfactorily because, well, thinking outside of the box is required. And I think everybody's life is like that. It, <clears throat> you cannot apply a formula. You cannot af- apply a religious declaration for that will give you satisfaction necessarily mm-hmm. as such okay. uh, you, you you do have to struggle you do have to be sincere and honest you know um, you do have to accept and transcend sometimes they call this uh <clears throat> Mm, horizontal transcendence. Okay. 
it's not like climbing a ladder where when you get a little higher, a little higher, then you could reach the top and then you say, ah, I made it. See? This is part of what life is all about. This is the relative world. Relative means comparisons. One wrong is higher than the other. Then sometimes you say, hey, what kind of rat race is this? Is there some kind of ultimate goal? Okay. Uh, and this is where, well, concepts and religious teachings and, you know, uh, offer something. Okay. What does horizontal transcendence mean? It means that even though you, this is human life, relative world, you got to get ahead. Whether you're talking about in the business world or whether you're talking about a novice monk and then a Zen master on the top. Okay. And we have our own, all of us have our own unique journeys. But this horizontal transcendence says, in addition, at any level that you're at going up, you could go sideways. Huh? So I, <laughs> I remember a monk, hearing a monk on Mount here, Sacred Mountain, the home of Tendai Buddhism, right outside of Kyoto. Uh, I heard there was a seminar retreat, and I and one of these one of the monks was talking, and he used to stuck out his he stuck out his hand. And the fingers are the rungs of the ladder, and you're going to climb up. And even if he, in a spiritual journey, okay, he's part of a religious order, and this is a discipline you got to do, and they got these, you know. Uh, so he's climbing up the, the fingers. Okay. But then he realized that you, at any level, you could go sideways to the palm of your hand from your fingers, sideways. And the palm is formless, represents the absolute. It's all formless. It's, you know, no higher than lower, no, okay. Every, uh, so sometimes I say, <laughs> you know, takkan, that's a nice Japanese word I learned, means wider perspective philosophical perspective get the right spiritual context that has impact for yourself on something okay uh, and so that takan means the palm of your hand okay and not just your finger dexterity in terms of accomplishing something so sometimes I slap my palm with one hand and the fingers of the other hand and I say takan you dummy I talk to myself, my inner teacher says, okay, because when you don't, when you get caught up too much in the fingers, that means, am I making progress? Am I climbing higher? You get all kind of frustrated. You could cause problems for yourself and others. Then you have to just slap your hand and make that quack sound. Say, hey, because okay. you are victimizing yourself. Huh? And uh, so you accept right where you're at. Where's the beginning? Right where you are. Where's the goal? The success is not someplace else. That's also right where you are. 
What do you mean the beginning and the end is the same place? It doesn't make any sense. Well, in certain kind of context, living existential logic, not conceptual logic. Yeah, that's why it's not a line. It's a circle. In a line, there's a beginning point and the end point. And if you're living life and you only go halfway, so oh, I only went halfway. I did not really, you know, achieve my goals. But in a circle, any point is both a beginning and an end. Soon as something ends, it's the beginning of the next thing, you know. Oh, oh, oh. I'm full of it today. You know what they say, BS. And then they, and if you get an MS degree, it's more, <laughs> more S. And then if you get a PhD, it means piled high and deep. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, accept, transcend, keep going, and you have a beautiful day. Thanks. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.